0: Com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, yesterday we opened an examination of one of the accounts of the woman who anointed Christ with a fragrant and expensive perfume before his death and burial. And it was a wonderful act of love and devotion and sacrifice that was made by this woman to demonstrate her faith in Christ, her loyalty to Christ, her loving devotion to Christ. An act that is so significant that Jesus said it It will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. And so we need to pay attention to something like this. If it was that important to Jesus, it ought to be important to us. Now, we saw in the broadcast yesterday that it happened at a very strategic time, namely the season of the Passover, the most important religious festival on the Jewish annual calendar. They had three major feast days. But the most important one of them all was Passover. And for Jews who, ideally, according to the law of Moses, were to come to Jerusalem for the celebration of all three of these annual religious festivals, if they were unable to do that, particularly if they lived outside the country in the dispersion, the one that they would most certainly come to— if at all possible, was the Passover. If they could only make one, that would be the one, if at all possible. And so the city of Jerusalem was filled with crowds of people from all over Israel, indeed from all over the world. And therefore, the religious leaders who were determined to put Jesus to death and the the That determination had grown stronger and stronger and stronger until it was clear that the time had come. They were not going to delay any longer except that, we are told, they decided they wouldn't do it during the Passover because they feared the people, so they evidently decided they were going to do it immediately after the Passover when the crowds had dispersed. So they said. And we will pause and welcome you to this Tuesday, January edition of the Beacon Broadcast. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you, those of you who are mindful of our need of financial help and are willing to help support this broadcast, that it might continue on this station. Well, at any rate, that was the setting, and we see that the religious leaders were getting ready to put Jesus to death. But at that very time, there was an act of loving devotion. Here were people who were carrying out an act of the most cruel and unrighteous betrayal and, and, and uh, execution of, a, of an innocent man. But at the very same time, there was an act of incredible loving devotion. We read about that in verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he, that is, Jesus, sat at the table. A woman came, having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. Well, let's ask three questions of this account, of this loving act of devotion. Where did it take place? We're told here that it took place in Bethany, which we know, was two miles east of Jerusalem, very close to Jerusalem, just outside the city walls. And it was in the home of Simon the leper, and we don't know much about that. We're left to speculate, but obviously he was a disciple of Christ and certainly must have been one who had been healed by Christ. He was no longer an active leper, or he wouldn't be allowed to to mix with, with other people. He couldn't be in their company. He would have to separate himself and live in the outskirts and, and, and cover his face when he came into the presence of healthy people and cry out, leper, leper, so that they would be warned. So here's a man who had been healed of his leprosy, no doubt by Jesus, and is exceedingly grateful to him for that. And so he has a banquet to honor Jesus. And it is at that location that this wonderful act of devotion takes place. That's the where. But now we ask the question, who? Who was the one who did this? It is the home of of Simon the leper, but there also appears to be, as we look at the other accounts, a relationship to Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead by Jesus. Lazarus couldn't be the same one as Simon the leper, I don't think, because Simon the leper had been healed of leprosy. Lazarus had been healed of death. He'd been raised from the dead. But we also know that the home of Lazarus and Mary and Martha was also in this same location. And so, undoubtedly, in this small village of Bethany, there were at least two families that were followers of Jesus Christ, utterly devoted to him, and this particular meal was taking place in the home of Simon but Lazarus and Mary and Martha no doubt had been invited as well as others and of course so they were there, Simon and Lazarus and Mary and Martha and Jesus and of course the apostles of Christ and very likely others as well from the village that's the who of the setting that we're that we're examining here. It took place In Bethany, that's the location. And the people that were present are Simon, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, Jesus, the apostles of Christ, and perhaps some others from that village as well. But thirdly, we ask the question, what? What exactly took place here? And we're told that Mary anointed Jesus with a very costly perfume. It is described by Mark as being contained in alabaster flask. An alabaster flask is uh, what my translation says. Some, some translations say box, but it was a what we would probably call today a gypsum bottle, similar to glass. And it contained, as we're told here, oil of spike Spike Spikenard was a plant grown in India, and from that plant came very costly perfume, oil of spike spikenard. And this was the genuine article, and it was undiluted. An alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. In fact, we learn from all the accounts that and, and even from this one, as the account goes on, that this particular bottle of perfume cost more than 300 denarii. Now, the denarii was the most common, or the denarius, the singular, was the most common Roman coin, a silver coin, and it amounted to the wages for one day of a day laborer when somebody was out hoping to be hired to work in a in a field would they would be paid a denarius for their day's work and i'm also told that roman foot soldiers the lowest ones on the totem pole their wages were a denarius a day so this was worth 300 denarii if if we if we figured this in terms of a day's wage for a common laborer in our economy and it's not really easy to make a one to one comparison but if we did that we would probably calculate that this bottle of perfume cost the equivalent of about $30,000 in today's economy in america whatever it was it was certainly very very costly it was given by someone obviously who was able to purchase it that wouldn't be wouldn't be possible for many jews but it was possible for this particular family which tells us something about the home of Lazarus and Mary and Martha this was not a a poor home this was not even a a what would we say middle class home it was a rather wealthy home and it is surprising how many wealthy people were attached to Jesus many of whom helped support him in his ministry that's how he was able to to uh, go from place to place and minister and have the resources that he needed to do that, he was, he was doing that with a band of 12 men. That's 13 people that have got to eat every day. And, of course, they didn't always have to purchase their meals. Oftentimes they were offered hospitality by others. But it took some, some, uh, some substance, some finances, in order for them to go about this itinerary itinerant ministry over the course of three years. And it was sustained by the loving gifts of people who were able to support him financially. We read about some of the women who were involved in that in in Luke's gospel. And so these disciples of Christ, Lazarus, Mary, Martha, were obviously well-to-do. And Mary had a very expensive perfume, Today, you can spend an awful lot of money on certain perfumes. I'm not an expert in this. I can't tell you very much about it. But if you buy a, a bottle of perfume that came from Paris, for example, it could cost quite a, quite a bit. And it would only be a very small amount, just a few ounces at the most. But this was obviously a larger flask than that. Very expensive. And Mary took that flask, that oil, that flask of very costly oil of spikenard, and broke the flask and poured the contents on the head of Christ. She poured it all out on his head and indeed, basically over his whole body, his head, his feet. She was unsparing in that. She didn't just say, I'm going to put a little bit of this on you. I want to Let you know how much I love you by giving you a little bit of this expensive perfume. She gave it all. It was an act of utter devotion. It was an act of utter sacrifice. It was an act of total commitment. She held nothing back. She gave it all. She broke the flask. She poured it all out over his head. But she was immediately criticized by others for doing so, and yes, others who were, in fact, disciples of Christ. When we read in verse 4, but there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii, there we get the value of it, and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply Here's the criticism of callousness, a misplaced indignation, stirred up, we learn, in John's account, by Judas, the betrayer, but echoed by others. Why was this wasted? Why was this destroyed? What a waste of money, something that could have been sold for 30, something in our money today, if my calculation is anywhere near correct, $30,000. Think how many poor people could have been helped by that. But Jesus didn't view it that way. And when you come back tomorrow, we'll find out how Jesus viewed this sacrifice and what he said in response to this criticism. And so until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.